Welcome, everyone. My name is Alessandra, and you're listening to The Alessandra Show. On this podcast, I share conversations with experts in wellness, nutrition, athletics, entrepreneurship, sustainability, and more. It's my mission to give you the information, inspiration, tips, and tools that you need to maximize your energy, health, and happiness. I'm here to help you thrive. This is a conversation with Alexia Briard Anderson, a freelance writer, curator, and art worker. She's an active member of the arts community in Toronto and will soon be relocating to Barcelona. Her latest project, The Art Bruja, is dedicated to exploring ways in which different art is woven together with magic and spirituality to resist, reclaim, and regenerate. In our conversation, we discuss how art is a form of healing and can be used to cultivate mindfulness and well-being. Alexia also shares about her personal journey with art, wellness, and entrepreneurship. She's a mentor for emerging artists, and she shares a lot of wisdom that can be applied to anyone's life journey. Alexia is a passionate, creative, and soulful individual who is not afraid to break norms. This conversation is raw and inspiring, and I'm sure that you're going to get a lot out of it. Here it is. Enjoy! Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I'm really excited about this. We go way back. I remember being in elementary school with you and we painted a mural. So now it's really, really cool to see you still so involved in the art world. And congratulations on just starting your new platform. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, I want to start off by telling us a bit about that. Mm -hmm. So I just launched uh, the Art Bruja, which is... um, Basically, a freelance art and writing business. Um, I really wanted to focus on creatives and community workers and energy workers that deal with art and magic and spirituality and how art can be used as a really helpful tool for for mindfulness, for social justice, and for just general well-being. And what inspired you to go in this direction? So what inspired me to start the Art Bruja was basically just a really big frustration with how the art scene and the art industry in Toronto was run. I think it's become, or not that it's become, it's actually grounded on a very colonial perspective. It's very whitewashed, it's very capitalist, it's very heavily consumption-based, and um, I felt like there's all of these artists, emerging or otherwise, that are just navigating all of these systems, all of these institutions, And I firstly really wanted to create a platform to elevate those voices, especially voices of folks of color, uh, queer folks, etc. Because I find that there can never be enough platforms for these communities. And secondly, I just really, really believe in the, the art being used as a role for social change, art being used as a role for mindfulness and well-being and healing. I think it's so powerful and it doesn't only have to come from an, from a collective point of view. It's also a very individual process and I want to honor that process. Can you think of some artists that you interviewed or spoken with that have really used it as a form of healing or to promote some sort of wellness cause? Mm-hmm. There's so many people. I think there's so many people in the city that are doing that right now, which is one of the reasons I started this platform. When I just recently interviewed a Brazilian artist called Marina Fa, and uh, she is super multidisciplinary. She works with painting, with uh, video, with jewelry. And um, we had a really, really good conversation about how art has helped her own personal healing. 
and we spoke about what it is to be a political artist and what it is to be called a political artist and what she was saying is that like everything is political like being a woman is political being in society is political being in your house or outside of your house it's all political and it's really important to understand that healing doesn't necessarily have to be shared with a large audience it's equally as valid and valuable if it's something that only you can sense within your own individual process and we spoke about how art and mark making and creation in general is also a way of reconnecting with ancestry right and reconnecting with your roots and who you are and the stories that you carry and how that self-knowledge and self-power and vulnerability as well can be very inspiring for other people that are struggling through similar things. Yeah, it's really interesting to think of art as a healing form. I feel like in the wellness world, you hear so much about what to eat, how much to exercise, but it's it's really cool to think of creativity as a means you can use to heal and also to share, like you said, to mm-hmm. inspire people who may be on a similar healing journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And I really do believe... Like, so many people think that starting within yourself can be seen as selfish or can be seen as something that's egotistical. And I really disagree with that because I think that once you center yourself and where you are, who you are, um, it's a lifelong process. But, like, if you're able to create some sort of balance within your life, that in itself is only going to exude positivity for others. I totally love that. (laughs) I believe in that so much, that, that saying you can't, pour from an empty cup it's like you have to be so full of life and joy yourself to share that with others right Mm -hmm. yeah and with that comes a huge amount of responsibility and accountability Uh, we don't exist in a vacuum I feel like the reason that people say that it can become egotistical is because there's a lot of folks that are sort of hiding within that cave and just pretending that the outside world doesn't exist Especially in Canada, right? Like, we're we're in a lot of around the world. But, like, in Canada, we're on indigenous land. This is a country that was founded on colonial violence. And, like, you can't just be walking around pretending that, as myself, I'm a settler, pretending that, like, that type of... That history doesn't exist. And that the intersections of oppression and privilege and all of the hierarchies that exist in these systems, we're all navigating them and we all need to take responsibility for what our position within those systems is. And I find that mindfulness and art plays a huge role in helping us situate ourselves within those spheres and use the talents and skills and knowledge that we have to share as a form of exchange, as a form of connection, as a form of understanding different perspectives. I think it's really powerful. Connection is is huge. Mm-hmm. Just as as humans, it's something we all need. It's cool to look at art as a form of connection as well. Mm-hmm. For sure, that's that's huge too. Just in this this day and age, I feel like we're pretty disconnected. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they say like with technology, it's like we're so connected yet disconnected at mm-hmm. the same time. So yeah, it's amazing to use technology to mm-hmm. foster that connection. I fully is, resonate. Yeah, like what you're doing with your platform, right? With that, yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, there was the past, like, well, you know, like the past two months, like I was yeah. like, I'm off Instagram, I'm off Facebook, Yeah, I wanted I'm to like... kind of like dive deep into that and mm-hmm. ask you about that. So you took a huge break. Mm-hmm. Um, you said you're feeling burnt out. Mm-hmm. Can you, yeah, speak to that a bit? For sure. It was, it's really interesting because I feel like, one, we're too young to burn out. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want to burn out just yet. Yeah. And I feel like social media is such a powerful tool, but the way when it's used as a replacement for something, it can become very damaging. Personally, for me, I felt like, one, I have a huge follower base because of Lexicat. I used to run an art blog for three years, so a lot of people within the city started following me, following my updates, following my studio visits. So I already felt the pressure of having a lot of people that I didn't know virtually follow my shit. <laughs> yeah. like, I would run into people on the street or at work and they'd be like, oh, I know you, you're Lexicat. And a part of me was like, whoa, this is really cool. I have a really, like, a, an impact. But another part of me was like, who the fuck are you? How do you know me? How do you know about my life? And I had a situation with someone who was kind of a stalker and stuff. So suddenly your safety is brought to the picture. Or at least for me, it was like, I have a huge responsibility with the information and the knowledge that I'm sharing. I want to be able to do that mindfully. So once I figured that out, I was like, okay, I'm going to be really honest and authentic with my stories and with the stuff that I'm processing internally. And it's also really helpful to share stuff that you're going through and receive feedback and support and connect with people who are going through similar things. Like a big thing that I've been struggling with this year is uh, like body dysmorphia and sexual trauma and like sexual PTSD, that type of stuff. And like social media was so good for me because I was like, amazing, like this is what I'm going through. This is how I'm processing it. But then it became very um, harmful in a way because I felt that if I didn't disclose all of the internal things that I was processing, that whatever I was going through and whatever progress I was making was invalid. Like, if people didn't know about it, it wasn't making any difference in my life. And then I was like, why do I need to disclose all of these personal things to people in the first place, right? It's a very intimate thing. And to have it, like, out in the world is vulnerable. And sometimes you're ready, sometimes you're not, so... All of those things, and then I was like, I'm just off. And Facebook is annoying, man. Facebook has, like, <laughs> ads and shit, and it's like, where are my friends? Like, this is why I'm on here. Like, I want to connect. I'm from Argentina, and I have friends all over the world, and it's just one of those spaces that it, you want to be able to keep up to date with how people are doing, and it had suddenly just become something very different, and so I just took a break, and it was awesome. It was so good. I recommend you, if you're having a bad time, just delete it all. For a month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so powerful. Yeah, that vulnerability piece is so interesting because mm -hmm. so many people are talking about how social media is fake. You only post your highlights. But then at the same time, it's it's kind of like, oh, am I, do I have to share everything? Mm -hmm. And it's, I guess, it's kind of finding that balance, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and being careful, right? Because like even, even if you share something that you're going through that you're struggling with, being like, how are other people going to react? Why am I sharing this? Is it just for me to receive likes and to receive external validation because I'm unable to create that within myself? Or is it because I'm actually genuinely wanting to share a story that needs to be heard? Or there's so many factors that come into place. And if you're like out of balance or uncentered, yeah, it can definitely be um, not so fun. Let's yeah, say. I guess mm -hmm. it, it all comes down to your intention behind it, mm -hmm. your why. Mm -hmm. The intention is so important intention is crucial for not just like artists and entrepreneurs just for everybody you walk for, into a room yeah. yeah like what's your intention walking into a room what's your intention for every moment of your life really. something yeah like <laughs> do it with taking intention. a shit like what's your intention you do it mindfully you know <laughs> take shit mindfully <laughs> but so what were the benefits you found from taking that time off of social media how long was it It was a month and a half. It was almost two months. Almost yeah, two months. month and a half. 
benefit was that I was not on my phone so much. So I was more present, I guess, living the present, which sounds so cheesy, but it's true. It's true, like, yeah. And it really made me realize how much people are on their phones. It's ridiculous. Like, you're on the subway waiting for the car, the the train or whatever, and everybody's, their neck is down. And the you're like, people's posture must be shit. Like, mine too, because I'm always like, mm, looking down. That's so funny. The last podcast I recorded... It was with the health coach. Mm-hmm. We, we just spoke about the exact same thing. Yeah, the She, she said the exact same thing. She's like, I was on the train and I looked down and it's true. Yeah, we're all mm-hmm. glued to our phones. Yeah, and it was so good. I started reading more. I, I read a lot. I'm a bit of a book nerd, but I started reading way more, listening to more music. And then I felt less, uh, I felt less of the pressure to share where I was going with my networks. I just kind of went and left things up to chance as well. And it was, it was, like, I have a lot of anxiety, and it just helped me a lot with my anxiety, too, right? Like, feeling like you need to respond to people immediately, and then people getting mad at you if you don't. And it's like, man, there's so many things happening within our worlds that I realized that I had to prioritize more time with, like, my family, for example, and with my friends. Like, if they're going through something, I want to be there to support them. I don't want to just send a text and be like, I'm here for you, but then actually not be there for you, you know? I actually had quite a few close friends call me out for not being fully present, and that, among many other things, made me realize, like, I want to be there. I want to, And I think it's really important f- for you to be supportive of the people that, that you love and that surround you. And, um, yes. Yeah, that's... <laughs> I don't know if that answered your question. Yeah, no, that's... It, it does... It, taking that break makes you more mindful, more present. And mm-hmm. like we were talking about before, connection is so important. And mm-hmm. having that actual face-to-face connection with your friends and family, mm-hmm. that's really really important mm-hmm. and um, it's like sleeping it's like I've, I've the other day i thought about this i'm like when you sleep or when you're going through moments where you're just really low and you have no energy to do anything you're just storing your energy for something else so you just gotta like <laughs> sit in those moments and like take advantage of it right store the energy i find that like if i would have launched the art bruja two months ago when i was going through shit it wouldn't have been as good as what it is now and it's the same for for any type of break that you take like cigarettes. <laughs> cigarettes, yeah. Ali's the only person in this world that actually helped me quit cigarettes. FYI. Oh yeah, please <laughs> share about that journey. So, yeah, how has it been? What's what's been the most helpful thing to help you quit? Mm-hmm. It's been it's been a journey for sure. I've been a chain smoker for a really really long time, and um, I just I don't know. I've been thinking a lot, I guess, about addiction and about anxiety and about. Oh, there's so many things. It's all connected. Quitting cigarettes helped me realize that what I needed to prioritize the most in this moment is just the pause and like taking a break and allowing myself to rest. It taught me to walk away from situations and recuperate and recenter. And it taught me that I don't necessarily need to have a crutch in order to do that and that I deserve to do that as well. I remember we came up with the idea of a smoke-free smoke break, mm-hmm. and then and then we look it up and find out it's a book. Yeah, <laughs> must have been a good idea. Yeah, but yeah, that's essentially what it is. It's like if you're in a environment that's a little overwhelming, or you're working so much and you need mm-hmm. a break, you step outside to take a smoke break. But what do you actually need in that moment? Mm-hmm. Maybe like just take a break and take mm-hmm. some deep breaths. Just pause. For sure, the deep breath is so important. Because that's basically what you're doing, right? You're just breathing. But with cigarettes, you're breathing in nicotine and all of this shit. And you're like releasing. Basically, you're just releasing more craving. And you need more 
And it was also thinking about like, what do I not need? What do I not need to carry within me, within my body? Like, how can you feel fullness by being lighter? Which sounds contradictory, but it actually makes so much sense. I'm preparing for a really big move right now that I've been dreaming about for, for like almost a decade. But uh, a lot of the stuff that I've been processing right now is like, what am I going to carry with me forward? What am I going to leave behind? What can I gift and what can I release and what can I let go of? And this is emotionally, talking about like past situations. This is physically, like what do I need to stop doing? What do I need to start doing? And also materials, what are objects that I carry every day? Why is my bag so heavy? Do I need all of these things? Like, <laughs> And friends. Which people in my life are, have become toxic that I don't need to talk to anymore? Which people in my life have always been there no matter what that I know I need to continue to nurture a connection with? It's all connected. Connection I was just going to say, yeah, connection. <laughs> it's really cool how connected everything is. Mm-hmm. For example, if you start purging belongings in your house, you're just getting rid of stuff, then mm. you'll realize you do feel lighter and then you may let go of some emotional things mm-hmm. and then have all these realizations. It's so it's so fascinating. Mm. And trusting, right? Like faith, I find faith is very different for everybody, whether it comes from a religious belief or a spiritual belief, but having faith and having most of all like faith in yourself and trust in yourself that you have everything that you need in order to carry yourself into the following moment. I find that it's very difficult to reach that point or that it fluctuates a lot, especially when you're going through hard times or when you're struggling. But uh, having faith that like you're good, you know, you're good. You have everything you need. Maybe you just need to like take a pause, recenter, look back a bit, reorganize your thoughts, you know, clean your apartment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, like just not eat processed foods and shit. Like, I don't know. There's ways of figuring that yeah yeah it's funny how <laughs> we often think we need to do more but really we just need to do less less we need to do less <laughs> yeah. it's so that was so great for me i'm like especially like one being in the city right the city is like work 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 super fast and people say that it's not fast but it's so fast two being in school if you are in school working nobody that, that i know has just one job in the city you know everybody has like three to five different jobs on top of their side hustles on top of their art and we we keep thinking that we need to like add more into that, but that's just gonna how you say aplastar flatten. Yeah. <laughs> it's just gonna flatten us. <laughs> do less, do less. Quality so, over quantity. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like the, and for me, like yeah, quality quality over quantity for sure. But also, what are you giving? In my um. My planner this morning, there was a quote, and I'm full of quotes, always. But it was, it was like, don't be successful, be valuable. And I, that just made me think. Mm-hmm. It's like, right, like, what value am I adding to people's lives? Mm-hmm. It's not about, oh, how successful am I? It's like, what am I giving? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we gotta stop wanting to just take... Karma! <laughs> yeah, Karma for sure. It's that energy exchange, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so starting your entrepreneurial journey up again, do you have any strategies in mind just to be proactive about not burning out? Mm -hmm. That's a good question. And I'm still figuring that stuff out. But I feel like a really important, I guess, strategy that I have is understanding my limits and understanding my limitations. I know that I'm very 
One day I can be super inspired and work until four in the morning and get a bunch of stuff done. And then for a week, I can't do, I can't even read an email. I can't touch anything. So understanding how those patterns take place in my life and being able to work around that has been really helpful. Because like I find that like there's so many articles and there's so much information out there on like how to be a good freelancer and how to be creative all the time and how to overcome creative block or how to make money, all of these things. And it's just like, yes, that worked for the person who wrote that. From that, you can take a tip or a piece of advice or something, but you're going to have to create that for yourself because it's the only thing that's going to make sense to you, right? And I find that I always become so overwhelmed by advice and information that I forget to just listen to what I need and what my body needs and what my creativity needs and understanding my limitations has been a big part in that. And then Google Drive is amazing. <laughs> Google Drive, like there's all the ideas in a Google Doc. It's just so good. And then just being honest about how much time you want to dedicate to it as well. I find that I just started, or not just, but I've been working on trying to be a freelancer for years now and I find that I had all of these ambitions, which it was impossible for me to do because I was in school, I was working two to three jobs, life happened and stuff. So understanding that now I can be like, okay, I'm going to dedicate three out of seven days of the week to write and to reach out to folks and to collaborate and to take photos and definitely be honest with the time that you're going to spend doing what you want to do. And the more time that you spend, the more you're going to receive. Same with energy. Yeah, I like what you said about taking what you need from certain articles. It reminded me of a term we learned a lot about in nutrition school, bio-individuality. So, Fuck yeah! <laughs> yeah, everyone has different needs. And it's funny mm-hmm. because in the nutrition world, people are going crazy over diets. Like, what is the absolute best way to eat? And mm-hmm. it's the same thing as any area of life. You learn from others, but just take what really resonates with you and sort of create your own approach to doing things of course it's it's so powerful to learn from others but like you Mm -hmm. said just tuning in with yourself and yeah just tapping into your intuition and seeing like Mm -hmm. what is the right approach 100 percent, 100 percent. and the energy flow okay I feel like this is huge of course there can be ways to get yourself back into that creative mindset but I, I think honestly the most powerful thing to do is just accept it because if you're feeling very creative and inspired and you create, 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 and then all of a sudden you're not inspired and then you freak out about being not inspired, you're just sort of mm-hmm. prolonging that period of not being inspired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you stress <laughs> out, you're stress is out like a shitty thing. hundred percent. And that's what I wanted mm-hmm. to ask you about too. I feel like in any business, as an entrepreneur, you have to be creative. You're essentially creating something new mm-hmm. from scratch. Obviously, definitely really applies in the art world. Do you find that you have to really take care of yourself to be creative? Because I feel personally when I'm not healthy or healing in tune with myself and my body, then I just, my head's not in the right space and I'm not as effective in what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I fully agree. I fully, fully, fully agree with that. Your health is a top priority in your life. It goes above everything else. Our bodies, our physical vessels... Yes, they're ephemeral. Yes, we're going to go return to the earth at some point. But if there is something in your body that's happening, and this includes your mind, right? Like body, mind, soul, that's happening. If you have something that's blocked, if you have something that you're processing, if you have something that is making you sick, then it's important to deal with that in order to align yourself in other elements of your life. 
Like I find that one of the reasons why I wasn't creative is because I was processing some shit that had happened in the past and it just kept repeating itself, repeating itself as a pattern. I won't go into details, but the reason that I couldn't get up in the morning and write and draw and just dance and sing in the shower, little things, right? It doesn't have to be like, whoa, I made like a superstar, a huge thing. But the reason that I wasn't able to do those things is because there was a pain that I had inside of me that I hadn't been able to release in the proper way and um it's important to to prioritize health for sure Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and something that you taught me was that food that you eat no how was it oh yeah primary food and secondary food food. yeah so a term Mm -hmm. we learned about this at integrative nutrition so they call the actual food you eat secondary food and then your primary food is other forms of nourishment sort of lifestyle factors like your relationships career spirituality, creativity, exercise, those sort of non-food forms of nourishment. And they say you can eat all the kale in the world, but if one of those areas of your life is out of balance, then you're not going to thrive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to be your fullest self. And I completely, like when you told me that, I was like, what? This is changing <laughs> my life. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so important. Really important. Yeah, so you found applying that really helped. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. And like, just giving myself time and just being patient too. I feel like I'm a really, really impatient person. Oh, I feel that's... like this generation is <laughs> I was just going to say, they, I feel like a lot of people say, oh, it's this generation, but it's, I guess it's kind of true. It with might our, be this generation, yeah. <laughs> with our apps and yeah. stuff. <laughs> and it might just be the age thing, right? Like, we're young. We want to like true, see immediate yeah. results. Or for me personally, it's like, yeah, if I dedicate like couple of days to something I'm like the next day I need to see the results and it's not gonna work like that especially if you want to create something that's sustainable if you want to create something that's long term and I'm talking about a business but also rituals or, or habits health, or routines yeah, you know? habits, like, yeah. if you want to have consistent routine where you stretch every morning then you're not gonna see a result from one day to another I feel like this is very like a gym bro you won't see results which <laughs> is not who I am but hey. <laughs> Just being patient, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. Allowing time. Mm -hmm. And enjoying the process. Returning to, like, trusting yourself, honoring yourself, honoring your limitation, your story. Uh, Honor the process. Honor the moment in which you're in because it's about that, really. It's not like we're going to reach a certain point and suddenly, like, oh, magic. We're now, uh, insert blank. You know? it's Right, classic. Life's a journey. Yeah, life is a journey and then you die. So let's just (laughs) enjoy the journey. Or life is shit. Life and is then shit. You and die. Then you die. Oh, my mom's it. advice. <laughs> Shout out, mom. Life, life is shit, advice. and then you die. No, but that's honestly just acceptance of mm. things we perceive as horrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, life is shit. Life is shit, and then you die, man. Mindfulness. Uh, mindfulness. Yes. <laughs> oh man. Oh yeah. I also wanted to ask you about pivoting and being open to change in the entrepreneurial journey because you did change the name of your platform and sort of the direction did you just find it was time to and did you hesitate at all or what was that process like mm-hmm. that's a good question it was a really long process for sure I did Lexiket for three years and then I stopped in 2016 and I just sort of completely shifted and did the pendulum project which was this like year-long curatorial collective we did shows and screenings and panels and all of this stuff 
and then from there I kind of stopped and then I just relaunched this. Basically, to answer your question, I think that being flexible is so, so, so important as an entrepreneur. Personally, I'm a Gemini. I like change. I strive with change. If things stay the same, they stay stagnant, it makes me very nervous and I feel like I'm... It's like, you know Alice in Wonderland where she's just like getting bigger and bigger and bigger and then suddenly the house doesn't fit her anymore? Like, (laughs) that's like my life. (laughs) And I feel like we're all changing, we're all growing, we're all evolving and there is definitely a way of staying consistent but also allowing room to grow. I feel like people think that consistency and flexibility are two opposite things that can't coexist and I fully disagree with that because you can be consistent in your in your growth you can be consistent in your development and um, context can change everything especially if you're a creative for me as an artist it's like one day I want to write the other day I want to like shoot photos another day I want to just uh, read a book you want to do different things you want to connect with different folks you don't want to just stay with people that are in your industry you don't want to just live in this vacuum where you're like ricocheting things and the walls and it's just bouncing back to you you want to have a bigger understanding of what your impact is and different perspectives so you need to remain flexible does that make sense (laughs) definitely no yeah two big sort of ideas i took from that are well the first question i sort of asked you about I, i just struggle with this a lot i'm like am i a really open person who embraces change or is it I'm not committed so it's cool to think you can still be consistent and flexible at the same time yeah you can be committed to your practice Mm. no matter how much it changes because it's something especially as an entrepreneur it's something that you're creating I think it's really uh how do you say it's a consequence of the (laughs) capitalist and consumerist society that we live in it's they're like oh if you don't follow the nine to five then you're not committed to something or if you don't stay in the same job for 30 years then you're not committed then you're like a loser then you're like a hippie then you're like a no a nobody and it's just like that's not true times are changing that's not true changing and we're changing yeah and we got to get with it and there's different forms of commit there's no one way of committing to anything there's no one way of creating anything and it's like the bio-individuality that you speak about that also applies to work ethic and it also applies to to freelancing and to entrepreneurship there's so many different ways of doing it and you just got to go with whatever works for you but I understand the pressure of folks and also like parents right and you're like oh I have to (laughs) like I love my parents to death and they're like what are you doing I'm like oh well I kind of don't want a job I kind of just want to do my thing and I don't know, my parents, I don't know, like they, if they sacrifice stuff for you to get to a point, it can be a very difficult conversation to have sometimes, right? And I understand that it's also a privilege, like affording the time and the energy and the space to create something that's entrepreneurial. I feel very blessed to be able to do that because I know it's not a situation that everybody can be in. So I'm so grateful for that. And it pushes me, it makes me keep going. I think about that too, actually, because sometimes I do feel like just giving up on the entrepreneurial journey because it can be so challenging at times. You're like, what am I doing? But then I think about it and I feel how grateful I am to have this opportunity and to be in a position where I can spend my time and energy creating this entrepreneurial project. It definitely does motivate me to take action on it because... I'm so blessed to have the opportunity too. Mm -hmm. And it's a form of survival. I feel like even for mental health. Earlier in the year, I had this job. I was there for like the probation period. 
And then I, I quit because I was like, I can't be here. It's a nonprofit is doing amazing things, but I cannot be in an office for this amount of time. I can't sit in front of a computer screen, entering a space in which nobody talks to each other, sends emails instead of literally just getting up off of their seat, walking a meter, saying something and going back. That's not for me. It can be, it can work for so many people. Bio-individuality. Yeah, man, <laughs> all the respect in the world. But like, if you're doing something that's not good for you and for the way that you do things and you're not growing from that then uh yeah you have to do what's right for you yeah yeah, yeah. and it's yeah. hard to take that jump and it's hard to commit to it and to be determined to persevere with it but it's only gonna give you good results in the mm. end or at least from what i've lived I, i can say that with confidence it's just so worth it mm-hmm. it's, worth, it's it. worth it it's totally worth it yeah and the other idea that you mentioned was not staying in a bubble I I feel that I feel like I I I spent years and I still kind of am in a wellness bubble and I I love all the people in the wellness industry everyone is super open-minded and I guess compassionate because a lot of people care about mental health and stuff like that but (laughs) I realized I I I would just go to other kind of events and social occasions. And I I just realized how how much of a bubble I was, basically. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's really cool to cross industries and talk Mm -hmm. about this kind of stuff from a different perspective. A hundred percent. Especially the art scene. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, we talk about this a lot. It's like every quote-unquote scene is the same. I hate scenes. Yeah, I went to business school, you went to art school, and Mm -hmm. we were talking about it like it was the exact same thing. It was Mm -hmm. funny. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, And being able to jump out of your comfort zone is also so key. And I think that's what it is, right? Like getting out of the bubble is jumping out of your comfort zone. Being like And accepting the fact that we don't know everything. Like, I feel like everybody's always so scared. I include myself. I, I'm so, I'm such a scaredy cat. So a lot of the times, like, I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this thing because I've never done it before. It's like, yeah, but that's life. Like, yeah. you've, let, you've never done it before. How are you going to learn by doing it? And by taking that jump and like being like, it's okay, so true. go just go through with it. Make a couple of mistakes. Fuck a couple of things up. And then you'll know how to do it. It's like me for, I don't know, right now with my website, I'm like, ooh, how do I get sponsors? For me, that's such a foreign thing. I'm like, what is sponsorship? Oh my God, am I going to sell out? This is like so bad. Then it's like, but I'm scared because I've never done it before. Mm-hmm. That and doesn't then, mean that I, I'm, I'm never going to be able to do it. And that doesn't mean that I have to do it in a way that doesn't align with my values. It just means that I got to try. I think that once you see uh, new things as a challenge instead of like a fear, it's really cool. Yeah, but also anxiety definitely. is a huge thing. I feel like if you struggle with anxiety and if you struggle with that type of stuff, it's harder. Because you're like, what is my intuition? <laughs> is it intuition is or it intuition fear? Or that's fear? like my biggest question. I still don't know. <laughs> yeah. And that's where the connections with people that are supportive comes into place. Right? Right, Like yeah. you, you're able to get out of your head and be like, what should I do about this? Or like reaching out, asking for help, mm-hmm. asking for support. I'm notorious for wanting to do everything on my own. And I feel like we've had this conversation, oh, right? Yeah. Like, I don't want to delegate. This is my creative baby. Or like, I don't want to ask for help because I can do it on my own. And it's just like, yeah, you can, but you don't have to, right? And like, right. if you need it, reach out. People are there. Surround as, yourself by that system. As an entrepreneur and as a person in life. <laughs> as a human being. <laughs> you need. For sure. Yeah. 
And, and also it's more fun when you mm-hmm. are doing things with people instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, instead of just by yourself all the time. Absolutely. Um, and mentorship is huge. I saw on your website you're offering mentorship. Yeah. That's so exciting. <laughs> so if anyone wants art and business mentorship, it's customized sessions through Mentorly. It's $45 a session, but I'm open to sliding skill because I feel like it's really important to make this type of stuff affordable, right? Because I feel like the people that need the mentorship the most are the people who are not in positions to pay for the sessions. Yeah, <laughs> that and that's, that's why they want mentorship, <laughs> yeah. to like get things going. Yeah, so I'm all down for energy exchange and, and just sharing. I feel like the reason that we're taught stuff, the only reason that we're taught stuff is to give back. To share. What we've taught, yeah. what we've been taught. It just creates a cycle that I think needs to be respected and honored. Yeah. So what piece of advice would you give a young artist? <laughs> <laughs> or entrepreneur in the art world mm-hmm. oh my god just some wisdom some wisdom <sighs> three things <laughs> there's like so much advice <laughs> hard to choose so much so many things that i've been taught that i've been blessed with that i want to share but like the first one i think and the most important one and the one that has been the most helpful for me is take the time to rest and to pause let your ideas simmer sleep well, you know, like write down your Sleep dreams is and shit. So important. <laughs> rest is yeah, so. breathe deeply. <laughs> oh, that again. Quotes. <laughs> um, <laughs> Insert quote learn, learn to learn to rest, not quit. I always yeah. remind myself of that. Yeah, because yeah. you can be going crazy, mm. but it's like just get a good night's sleep and wake up in the morning. Like, yeah, go at it again. A hundred percent. I think that's yeah. really important. If you're feeling an all nighter and you want to go through with it, go through with it. But that pause, I think, is so important, and it's like. I can't remember who told this to me, but it's like in the music, you wouldn't have a song if it was all noise. If it was all like, like what makes the, I love that. but honestly, like what makes the music is the pause, the pause equally as much as the music. So just thinking about it in that way, definitely that's a big I piece of advice. I love that. That's going to be one of my quotes. Yeah, because you're all about music too, right? So. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm, and like the rhythm and the beat, you can't have a beat if you don't have a pause. So you got to pause for sure. Oh, yeah, it's, it's part of the rhythm. Mm. I, I feel like I think of life and health in terms of rhythm, too. It's mm. like you wake up, you go to sleep, you eat three mm. meals a day. And I find having rhythm to my days, I, I just thrive so much more. And you mm. see it in nature, too. It's like the sun goes up, the mm. sun goes down, the seasons change. So mm. it's cool to really honor that pause in between. Mm. Yeah, and like yeah. that's, I guess, what like the second piece of advice would be. It's fully that. It's... Try a little bit every day to stay in tune with your own personal rituals and cycles and patterns. Because it's constantly shifting. It doesn't mean that you need to wake up at the same time every day and do the same thing every day. But really, when you take that pause, ask yourself, what are the rituals that you're putting into the day, that you're offering to your circles, that you're offering to yourself and to your practice? Because that's where you're going to find that consistency and that commitment and that determination and that growth when you're in in tune with the ways in which you navigate change, basically. Yeah, like rituals, routines, habits, like Mm. who you are really is is your habits, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Because you can do something once and it it doesn't really Mm -hmm. affect your life. But if you're consistent in your actions, then... Mm -hmm. Integrity. Have integrity, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, if you're going to do something, or if you're going to fuck up, fuck up with integrity, you know? Like, and follow it up with responsibility and fix whatever needs to be fixed if it needs to be fixed. And, yeah, remain true to your word. 
But in order to remain true to your word, you need to know what your word is. And in order to know what your word is, you gotta just not talk. For you a bit. gotta pause. Yeah. <laughs> it's all connected. Yeah. And I feel like that is advice. And there's so much. If anybody wants more advice, I have like a whole Pinterest board of Instagram quotes. <laughs> she loves quotes too. I love quotes. I... <laughs> but yeah, figure out what works for you. Block out the noise, you know. Block, try to block out the noise. Try to figure out what the noise is. Block it out. That, that helps. And intuition. Tap into your intuition, whatever that looks like for you. Everybody has what different is forms. intuition? <laughs> intuition is that tiny, tiny, tiny little feeling inside of the core of your stomach that says, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, intuition or do it, you know? versus fear. V- versus anxiety. How, That's like okay. the debate of the century. How, <laughs> how so. do you, how could you describe that? Do you, do you have mm. any take on that? Mm. <laughs> intuition versus fear? <laughs> I've been having so many conversations about this with my friends. It's a good question. I feel like intuition is the immediate reaction. Like, immediate, immediate, immediate reaction to something. Whereas, the minute in which you start thinking about that thought that you had, or, or processing that emotion that you felt, that feeling, that's when everything else starts to kick in. That's when fear, anxiety... And you kind of overanalyze things, You start right? to overthink it. Especially when, I don't know, I'm an overthinker. I, I'm like, oh, so, so am I. <laughs> like, if you drew my brain, it would be like spirals <laughs> and colors and fireworks. and like, ah. <laughs> okay, so I think, and stillness, you find that through stillness, really. Like, I don't know how to meditate. I'm learning how to meditate right now. And it's been really cool because you just sit and you're like, okay, I don't need to move for the next 10 minutes. And you 10 minutes kinda, is a long time. Yo, right? it, yo, I, and I can't stay still. I've already moved positions like five times since we started the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yes, it, I think you, the intuition you find through stillness. And you learn through, through stuff that you go through. I think, yeah, you learn through, through fucking up. You learn through being hurt. You learn through going through stuff. You learn yeah. through, through doing that's so true. You've learned more by doing than thinking about doing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just don't I, think. I, I Just realized. don't think. Just do. <laughs> Just do it. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I've realized that I will overthink things and then look back and think more <laughs> that if I was just doing instead mm-hmm. of thinking about the whole time, maybe the something I was thinking about would have worked and maybe it wouldn't have. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, how will you know, right? Yeah. And like, for example, I don't know, situation. I want to write a publication right now. And my intuition is like, write this publication, do it, put it together, manifest it into the galaxy, put the hours in, you can do it. And immediately my anxiety starts kicking in like, oh, I don't have time. Oh, nobody's going to like it. Oh, no, I don't want to share this story. Oh, no. And then in the past couple of months that I've been thinking about this doing, doing this publication, I haven't done it because I've been freaking out about it. So it's like, okay, it's important to take time and be mindful about what you're putting into the universe and what you're offering to your circles. But at the same time, if you stay within that mental state and you don't ground it and you don't test it out and experiment it, it's just going to continue to simmer. doesn't mean that it's going to like... I don't know. I feel like people are like, oh my God, I missed opportunities. I'm like, it doesn't matter. If, it, if, the, didn't, if the opportunity didn't happen, it wasn't meant to happen. But like, you need to... <laughs> it's like you you want to create things with intention so you can take the time but take it from a good space energetically take that time with intention not 
from a space of fear, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to prolong this because I'm scared yeah. to start. But, like, from a, a space of, like, I want to think about this a bit and create something high quality, but at the same time, just, just start because it can evolve, right? Of course, yeah. of course. Of course. Mm-hmm. And that's applicable to any situation, right? Like, I specifically do not like confrontation. So I do my best to not have it be in my life. But drama always finds me. And I find that if the drama is there, you have to face the drama, tell it to go away, do something about it, and it leaves. If you're there pretending the drama doesn't exist, it's just going to tap you on the shoulder and be like, hello. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm here, deal with me. And it's the same for, for an idea. It's the same for fear. And understanding where that fear comes from as well. Is your fear coming from, like in my case, for example, my fear is coming from a fear of vulnerability. It's coming from a fear of being judged or a fear of accepting myself as I am. All of these things that are root things that it's a lifelong process to overcome. But understanding the root of that and working on on those blockages. Yeah, it's also, it's a human thing. It's a human thing. We all have fears. Hashtag it's a human thing. It's a human thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, just... Put ego fear in a box and act anyway and see what wonderful things happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, and just trust, like you said at the beginning of this conversation. Mm -hmm. Trust Trust is good. Yes. Trust is good. And you're leaving for Barcelona soon. I am, in February. (laughs) After February, will you be doing online stuff? I don't know what I'm going to be doing, but we'll we'll see. see. Embracing (laughs) the change. Embrace the unknown. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited to Mm. see what adventures Mm -hmm. you get up to in Barcelona. Yay! So excited. Thanks again. Thank you, Ali. That was my conversation with Alexia. I hope you really enjoyed it and took a lot from it. I really loved Crossing Industries here. It was really cool because a lot of the podcasts I do are with people in the wellness industry. And so it was cool to explore the art world and get Alexia's perspective on wellness-related topics. In the show notes, I've included links to Alexia's website, her mentorship page, her LexiCat interviews, The Pendulum Project, and her latest interview with Marina Faw. I've also included both of our Instagram links so you can connect with us and a free integrative nutrition sample class so you can learn more about primary food, secondary food, and bio-individuality. If these topics interest you and you want to dive deep in your personal journey, I would be so happy to support you. There's a link to my coaching page and the references as well, so you can find more information there. And please let me know in the comments what your biggest takeaways from this episode were. Thank you so much for listening.